0: Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast.
1: Hey everyone, this is BT and welcome to Inside the Episode. Today, David and I are going inside the episode titled Press on or pack it in. And this is all about goal setting, which I think is really important because, you know, goal setting is something that all of us you know, we, we all have goals, oh, yeah. but we don't know if we're setting the right goals. And if we did set a goal, how do we know if we keep going towards a goal or do we pull back? I thought this was a really interesting way to look at goal setting. So uh, I'm happy that you did this episode. Cool. Um, you talked about when setting a goal, it should be something you've never done before. I mean, clearly that would be something that everybody should do, but you'd be surprised at the amount of people that set a goal. That's something they're already oh, doing or done in the past. I Why do they do that? Like,
0: Well, I think we're kind of raised that way. Okay. I mean, um, the first time I heard that, I had never heard that before. And I was thinking about what, you know, where would that actually come from? Well, if you look at how repetitive our life is in the first 20 years, you know, like school and things, you're going to set goals that are within the frame and the scope of how you're living your life. So a lot of them would probably be the same, you know? Sure. I'm going to set a goal to save up for a vacation. Well, next year, I'm going to set a goal to save up for a vacation. Just rinse and repeat. I'm going to save up to buy a car. What car did you buy last time? I bought a Pontiac. What car are you buying this time? A Pontiac. Like, we're not taught to set goals to grow. With With possibly the exception, I think, in sports, we learn a little bit different, you know, because we want to better our best. We want to increase our time. We want to pass further, you know. Whatever, like those are—that's an area of life that if if a kid is introduced to sports, they might get a little bit of a different teaching. But for the most part, they—you know, I, there's there's some skill set activities that a person will do, maybe music, um, where that you there's you're looking for incremental progress and in gain. However, I don't know that anybody ever says, hey, listen, the reason that we want to set a goal is because a goal is what really paints our life. it's It's how we construct our life. It should be the way that we want to construct it. And the goal is specifically to give direction to the thing that we want to create. That tells us which way to go. It tells us who to be, what to do, what we have to accomplish to get it, and that we shouldn't set one a goal for something that we've already accomplished.
1: Yeah, and it should be something that stretches you. I mean, There's yes, a couple things you yes. talked about. Something that should stretch you and also something that you are really lit up about. Something yeah. that like hits a tuning fork inside of you that says, this is something I really want to do. Because I think a lot of this episode was, are you setting the right goal? So could you talk a little bit more about what that looks like, setting the right goal associated with where you
0: want to be? Well, here's another thing. Generally, when, when we're setting a goal, When we say stretch, what are we talking about? A lot of it is that we have to change habits, right? We have to do something that we've never done before, which then we have to turn it into a habit, right? So that is repetitively doing something for at least 90 days in a row to start the foundation of a habit. And the idea, I think, is that, personally for me, I think it should be something that excites us. Like, we get to create our life however we want to, but there's a time In our life, in the early years, maybe the first twenty years or so. And I would and even a lot of times from like twenty to thirty, I think the idea is we have to live this life that's in front of us. It's not really of our choice. You know, especially for like the first twenty years. Not much is really our choice. We're we're in there with our parents, we have to go to school, you know, we get to pick from things. It's kind of like yeah, I better pick something I can make a living at. Nothing really intrigues me here or the thing that I want I can't go after. I mean, we've all heard those kind of stories. So I think in the beginning it just kind of ingrained in our mind that we have to we have to pick and settle from what life is just showing us instead of somebody saying, listen, once you learn the foundations of life and how to think and all that, you can create whatever the hell you want. And that's when the goals start to get really exciting. You sure. Know?
1: Yeah. And, and it's never too late to, to readjust no. the goal or it's never too late, whether you're, you know, 18 or 80, you right. know, you can always be changing and finding that thing that lights you up. And I really think it's interesting that you bring up the fact that the first 20 years, you know, we're really at the mercy of someone else's thought process. Oh, I yeah. mean, really it's true. Like, oh, yeah. you know, when you go to college, chances are, if you choose to go to college, it's probably because your parents did that thing and went into that field. If you choose to go into a trade, it's because your mom or dad did that trade like you are really susceptible to what is going on around you and that's where you start to probably suppress a lot of the goals that you really want in your life and then you come to wake up later on in life and you say well I think I should do this but then 5 years goes by 10 years goes by 20 years goes by and a lot of people aren't willing to make that shift
0: the other thing is that like it it also it, it's very interesting because when we're when we're kids or we're teenagers we're starting to experience things that we want to try, right? So, how much of us are encouraged to do those things? I have a very specific memory, sure. and and where I was discouraged to do something that was productive, right? So, I was in high school when I was in, when I was in like uh, sixth, seventh grade. I was very interested in photography, so I took photography in in school, and. You could do it in, in, in sixth and seventh grade, you could do it with an instamatic, you know, codec instamatic camera. There was a photo lab where they would teach you how to develop your film and you know do all that stuff. So it was a very basic course in photography, and I really liked it. When I got into high school, it required that you had like a Canon 500 or something. You had to spend you had to you had to there have was a an better, investment better involved, camera. Sure. And I remember asking my dad um if I could get this if I could get this camera, and he talked me out of it. He's like, you know. You, you never played with cameras when you were a little kid, even the toy cameras, and so you never really showed anything aptitude for that or whatever. Why don't you get involved in football or or something like that, which I really didn't want to do at the time. I really liked the artistic thing about this photography. And what it came down to was that they didn't have the money to buy the cameras. Sure. Right? Um, so here's this, here nobody ever said, you know what, I can't buy you the camera, but let's see if we can find a way for you to earn the money. Encourage me to do something different that I really wanted to do. The message was, here's something I want to do. You can't have it because you don't have the money to do it, right? So now it's not even grow into the goal. Now I have to pick something out of a series of things that I don't really want, that don't interest me, right? So instead of, instead of doing photography that year as an elective, I did uh, wrestling and football, and I broke my knee in, wow. in wrestling, and it took me out for the rest of my freshman year. Um, and it, it was, it, it sucked. I mean, it was, you know, it, literally three quarters of my freshman year, I, I had to get tutored at home.
1: Wow that's, yeah, I mean, I remember you telling that story before, but it it sort of lands even more now when we're talking about goal setting, about how you were sort of driven away from what it was that you felt called to do. And then you went and did this thing. And it's no coincidence that you probably got injured because you didn't want to be there to begin with. I mean, the mind is a powerful thing and it'll do all these things. The
0: thing about it, you know, and I've thought about this a couple of times. I never really put a whole lot of thought into it, but If I had been able to do that, I would have started developing the habit of picking things that I really liked to do and following through on them. My biggest problem as a kid was, I did not like the things that I had to choose from, and I couldn't get myself to follow through on them. I did show a tremendous aptitude for anything that I did like. Like, I would get D's and F's in school, except for science. Science, I would get straight A's. It came very naturally to me, right? Like, for whatever reason. But everything else, it was I had to I had to do these things that I didn't like to do. But if I loved to do it, I did really well. There weren't a whole lot of things that were being offered to me that I really loved to do, you know. And it was a uh, it was a um, a very blue collar environment that I was being raised in. Uh, you know, it was it was you know pretty much like if you didn't get a college education, you were going to have some kind of a manual labor job, which is exactly what I what I ended up in. But I've often wondered if I had if I had if somebody said yes to me with the camera, would that have had an impact on the things that I chose for goals g- coming out of high school? Like maybe I would have finished high school instead of quit. Maybe I would have went to college instead of. You know, n- not doing either. And, you know, things may have turned out different, you know, like that it's the you know, what do they call it? Turn of the road. Yeah, Yeah, sure. It was definitely
1: a, it was a fork in the road moment for you and it could have changed things. And, and I mean, I know that you're not referring to anything that happened right there with any sort of regret. I mean, you're here because of that thing, right? So had you gone into the photography, it could have led you to something else and you're now taking pictures for Time Life magazine or whatever it might be and not here. But at the same time, it would have been interesting to see what that encouragement would have done for you because, and they didn't come right out and say, we don't have the money for it. It was, they tried to make it maybe your idea. Well, no, he did did say that. He he
0: said that they're really expensive and it's not like you really showed that much interest in it or whatever, but completely disregarding the fact that the two years before this, I was in photography both those years in in school, in junior high. Right. So I was kind of like, yeah, the facts weren't backing up what was being yeah, said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <coughs> anyway. It's, it's <coughs>
1: interesting. I mean, that, I had the same thing happen with me when I wanted to play. All my friends were playing, like, the saxophone in school. Right. And I wanted to play the saxophone, but my mom was like, we just don't have the money. And I'm kind of, you know, I probably would have just picked it up and saw it was bright and shiny and blown it a few times and then not practiced. So it's probably a good thing I didn't. But it's interesting to see how early on in life, to bring it back around, is that we're sort of driven by everyone else outside of us and we don't really get to tap into this is what I really want to do. Um, and then you get into the adult life and you've got all those years of programming underneath it. It's sort of challenging to make a change unless you're truly committed to the change. And that's where that goal comes yeah. into play. Setting the goal that you really want to, to hit. And it's that, you know, skin in the game that's going to get you there.
0: Yeah. And, and I would have had the desire to follow through in the practicing and, and learning and all that sure. stuff. You know, they would they would often say to me, I mean, there were and there's a there were a few things that I really wanted where I was told no and I was given something else. And then I didn't really follow through it. And they're like, see, you don't follow through, so why would we get you the So it's just thing? validation? And yeah, it'd be like, well, wait a minute. I didn't know this at the time, but it'd be like, wait a minute. If I really wanted to do it, the follow through would have probably been there. Right. You know, the fact that you're telling me to p- pick something that I don't really want. No wonder I don't want to go home and practice every day. Yeah. I didn't really want to do it.
1: Well, and I think also hearing C, when anybody usually starts a sentence with C, it's usually not good that it's, comes yeah, after that. I would agree. I can totally feel that. Um, like C, I was right. Yes, you know, that's you're what wrong. it is. Yep. Right, you're, wrong. you're wrong, I'm right. Yeah, totally, 100%. I, I don't think we ask, ask ourselves the question, often enough, what do I really want? No. I like how you're always taking a moment to pause and say, I'm setting a goal. Cause you set goals for your yourself every year. You set goals for your company every year. I mean, we set quarterly goals, annual goals, 10 year goals. I mean, yeah. we're all about goal setting here at team Nagel, of course. And we take your leadership from that, but it's a lot of times we want to shoot for the thing that maybe we think we can achieve versus we want to stretch ourselves a little bit to get there. And we have huge, we call them BHAGs around here, those big, hairy, audacious yeah. goals that we know it's going to be a stretch. And we may not hit that goal, but like they say, you know, if you shoot for the the moon and land among the stars, you know, that's that's kind of where we're at. But we don't ask ourselves enough, I think, and most people probably listen to this will agree, what do I really want? what is that like for you? When you, when you quiet your mind and say, what do I really want? How does that sort of guide you to what's next? Because you're always thinking about what's next.
0: Um, well, so I think, I think one of the interesting things was that this started a long time ago, right? So over 20 years ago, I started following what I really wanted and everything's been kind of an expansion, uh, on that. Um, the The thing for me now is that if there's something that I want, there's I, I don't think about why I can't get it or, or can't have it. I ask myself, do I really want to commit to this, right? is this something I really want to commit to? Because we do have these big goals, but we also know that there are things that we have to achieve before that goal is going to be a possibility. And how much work and time it's going to be to put, and money to put into those things in order to be positioned right to be able to hit that that goal. So for me, it's, you know, at this point in my life, I pretty much can do anything that I want. So, I want to make sure that I'm doing something that I think is fun, that's exciting, that's in, in harmony with my values to help people. Um, and is it is it, you know, I'm also cognizant of something that I wasn't say 10 years ago. So since I turned 50, there is a there's a, a more of an urgency in in the time, right? Because in the, and I don't th- I think this is just you know thinking realistically about what you have as far as. Uh, um, uh, like possibility, what you have as a resource left when you consider time. When you start when you when you go past 50, you you're going down in time for the most part, right? Yeah,
1: you've got, I always say you've you've got more behind you than Than you do do ahead of you. you, Yeah, basically.
0: And I think what's in front of you is probably more uncertain than it was before because you're 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 facing age, right? You're you're getting older. And we know how the human body works, right? It doesn't get stronger as it gets older. You have right. to work at keeping strength. You have to work at staying fit. You have to work at, at staying sharp. So I think those years are, they're a little, you cannot be as laissez-faire about them as you did when you were, saying in your 20s or 30s, or even in your 40s to, to some extent. There's a you, If you're going to be serious, you really need to make sure that you're serious during this time if you want to accomplish what you want mm-hmm. to accomplish. So I also think about, okay, I have say, 30 years, probably 30 good years to go if I take care of myself, and what do I want to do with those 30 years, right? Because I don't get it back. You know, I only get one shot. You get right. one shot, you don't get it back, right? You make the wrong call, then you're going to spend those 30 years doing something that you didn't want to do before you know it. They're going to be over, right? So what what do I really want to do with my time in those 30 years? And I'm And it's something that I'm it's always in the back of my mind i'm always thinking about it is this really how i want to spend this time right are these people the people i really want to spend this much this time with this this part of my my life with is this accomplishment worthy of this time frame in my life because i don't i don't get it back so it is I'm really doubling down on making sure that this is exactly what I want, right? Because I think it's precious. It's it's it is. it's precious. Unfortunately, most people don't think about that when they're 20 and 30 years old. It's that starts to come with the wisdom of age, right? Yes. Like, how many people have you said, would you like to go back and do it over? And they would say, only if I could go back knowing what I know now, right? Because right? yep. I would make such wiser, de- well, we think we would make we such wiser decisions, yeah. but we might go, fuck it, I, I got 20 years yet. I, you know, I'm going <laughs> to fuck right. off I'll get there when bit. I get yeah. there.
1: It's true. I mean, time is such a a valuable asset that we don't really think much about until you reach a certain age. And I'm there now, too, where it's almost like that's a good way to look at it when you're setting a goal. Do I want to put in the time? It's not just the the time commitment. It's the overall commitment. And I think you mentioned something that I had in my notes here about these external situations we cannot change. Because one of the things you mentioned was when does a goal change? Yeah. Does a goal ever change? And yeah. basically things you cannot change that may prohibit you from accomplishing that goal it could be an age factor, could be an external situation that we can't change. You were mentioning, you know, your friend, the the one the person who wanted to be an astronaut and he was sure. getting older and things like that. And it's not really in the cards for that. So the goal has to change. But it's tricky because you talk about something seems impossible, but we always seem to find a way. Like, is it that the obstacles are immovable or is it just immovable because we don't believe it's it's available either? I
0: think it depends on what the obstacle it's is. True, it's true. I think true. sometimes the obstacles are actually real, right? Yes, 100%. In, in the case with the guy with the astronaut, Probably ninety nine percent of this obstacle is is actually real for him, especially when I found out how many people compete for the position to be an astronaut and and the the education, the experience, the age that they all have behind them to to be able to do it. Um, it's probably looking like you know this is not going to be something that that he's going to have a real shot at, especially since they changed this significant rule, and I forget what the rule was, but he had to have taken something that he cannot go back and take. It's too late. Um, so, so so, there's that. Uh, I do think that there's some, I do think that there's things. Sometimes it's with health. Um, sometimes it is age. Uh, sometimes it could be something that just changed and it's not available anymore. You're just not going to be able to do it. But I do think that those are less than the normal, which is it's an obstacle in my mind. Sure. Though that's probably more realistic is that I've created an obstacle in my mind that's absolute bullshit, um, or I'm looking at all these other people that couldn't do it. What makes me think that I can do it? I think that's complete bullshit. And the the other thing is that they just really don't. They're not really picking a goal that they really want. They're like, okay, I have to do this, you know, like or. Um, you know what, I've been working in this company for 40 years now, you know, maybe I should try to go for an extra 10 years to get a little bit more pension. That's the goal, right? But you really don't want to. The guy would love to be on the golf course or fishing or playing with his grandkids or, you know, like, I mean, it's just, those are the things that I think that we pick that are life-sucking. And we just get in the habit of doing it. And there's no reason for it. Like, there's, there's, there's no reason other than very often, one of the saddest things I see is that people get to a certain age and they think that because of how much time they've set up in their life it would be it would be more difficult to change that to rearrange their life to make themselves happy to do what they want uh than it, than it than it would be to just stick on stay on the same course, just you know. Yeah. Because, I mean, let's face it, when you have a lot of responsibilities, you built a family. If you wake up one day and you're like, I'm not really in love in the marriage anymore. Like, maybe we're not fighting, but it's not that, you know, I'm not, the- I'm not in love. Um, I really don't like what I'm doing for a living. You know, I, I picked this because of whatever reason that I picked it. and But now I'm like 60. So if I'm 60, you know, how much more time do I have this is not that upsetting. I can just live this. But you're saying, I'm just going to give up the rest of my life doing for something that I'm not really passionate. So I don't want to have to make waves for myself or for other people, because it'd be like turning the Titanic around to try to change it. And and it is for a lot of people, but a lot of people do it all the time. I mean, we've seen people that come through our company in their 80s that turn the Titanic around. Yeah, You know, it's a it's a, it's a choice. Yeah. And they, and
1: they know full well going into it, that they're going to be sacrificing a lot to do this at this stage at their life, but they're committed to doing it to whatever it takes. I think that's brilliant. Um, as you were talking about that, it, it, made me think a lot about the, you know, COVID crisis that we, our world finds itself in and how, you know, there's all these um, sort of external situations that might be a detriment when you're setting your goal in your business or in your life or whatever it might be. But we've learned firsthand that those immovable things that we thought were external were actually not something we couldn't overcome in our right. mind. I mean, people who are in, like, we're a live event company. Like, we're on the road, I don't know how many weeks a year, putting on, you know, events for people all right. over the U.S. and beyond, yeah. right? And that was taken away from us. So what did we do? We pivoted to a, you know, a virtual environment, and we just hosted a gigantic Art of Success Summit that you pulled off in the beginning, middle of October, and here we are, you know, just basking in the glow of that, and we didn't have to go anywhere. It was done right here in right. the Charlotte. Area. So it's just really interesting to see that the goal doesn't change, but maybe the way you go about achieving that goal does. And I think that was something that really came out through me by listening to this episode. Yeah, for sure. And I also like that, you know you said, I'm trading my life for this goal. Like you said, I'm trading my life at this moment for this podcast. I'm not getting this time back. Time is a currency, it's a unit of measurement that when it's gone, it's gone. That the the five minutes I'm spending right now talking about this, it's gone, you don't get it back. So, you know, it's one of those things where you say, ask a different question and you repeated it several times and I'm gonna repeat it again because it's so powerful. Is this goal worthy of me mm-hmm. I think I don't think I've ever asked myself that you know I set goals all the time, but I don't say is this goal worthy of me? Where does that come from and what does that mean when you hear those words?
0: Well it's I think it's I think it's a it's a it's a pivot or a reframe into understanding your true value, your true worth. Most people pick goals because it's like um is this going to give me the money that I need? Is it going to give me the security that I need? Is it going to help my family it's always it 's always about is it going to fit some you know peg into a into a hole sure. somewhere instead of saying, "Wait a second, the real value here is my life right i don 't get that back it doesn 't matter how much it costs doesn 't matter the strain, the struggle, whatever it is how much I had to learn, what I have to sacrifice." it's the time that I'm putting into this because I don't get that back. So if I, if I really reevaluate me, my, my time in my life and how valuable that is to me, if we would get off the high horse of saying that that's selfish in a negative way and realize it's so valuable because however you choose to develop yourself to be of service or benefit to whatever, it's an extraordinary thing and anybody can actually do it. Now I've really got some value, other than I'm just taking up space, which is what a lot of people are doing. You know, it it's interesting. We're born into this life, and re- it's rare that somebody takes a kid down and says, listen, kid, you get one shot at this thing. And the bad news is is that there's all kinds of things out there that'll tell you that you can't do this and that you have to put fears and worries and insecurities and everything as the top of the the list for making decisions but the good news is is that you have a mind that can think and if you let me teach you how to think you can choose whatever you want and it can be the most spectacular life ever but what it comes down to is it's your choice you know nobody t- t- really tells kids that I mean they hear it, but they don't hear it. You know, it's like a lot of times you'll hear, you can be whatever you want, just don't do this. Right? <laughs> you, know, yeah. you can be whatever you want, but don't do that. Sure. You can be whatever you want, but this isn't a good way to go. So it's like, what does the kid want? Encourage, to, encourage that to come out and really understand that, you know, this life is extraordinarily valuable. I should be looking at, is that thing worth my time? Because I'm an extraordinary person. Is that thing worth my time? Yeah. Is this group of people worth my time? Are these friends worth my time? Is this relationship worth my time? What's worth my time to me? And that's an individual choice.
1: Yeah. I can't imagine knowing something like that at age like 17.
0: You know, here's the thing. I don't think you can. Sure. You You need the
1: life experience probably.
0: You know, I, I... I think some people do to some extent, but I think the value of our life comes with the wisdom of living for a while. You know, when you, I mean, at some point in time, human beings realize they're not going to be here forever. We hear it, but when you're invincible and you're in your 20s, you don't think about that. You You don't know what it's like to have your body start breaking down on you. You don't know it. You recover from everything, right? Whether you're drinking for two days or you're playing football for a week or you're climbing a mountain or you got sick, you recover because that's what a 20-year-old body does. It just recovers and it's on to the next thing. But then you start getting a little older and the knees start to hurt or you don't have as much energy or you start having a little problem here or there because the body breaks down over time. And then you're kind of like, ooh, it's not like when I was 20. It actually changes over time. You know, so then it's kind of like, oh, I see where this is going, right? I I, I see where this is going. I'm going to value my time a lot more than I did then. Yeah, And true. that comes with time.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, you as a, like, I keep referring back to my daughters who are just really into college right now. One is in college, one's going on uh, this next year. And it's the situation where you put their lives at age 18. They're, they're supposed to make this huge life decision on what it is they oh, want to yeah. be when they grow up. So, and they're paying, you know, $50,000 a year to go to a college. And when you get out of college, you're in this massive debt. And this is the thing you have to do, even though you may not have wanted to do it. So I think that one of the things that Steph and I have both done that I'm really proud of actually, after hearing you talk about this, is that we leave it up to them. Like, if you don't want to go to school, you don't have to go to school. Yeah. If you want to go backpack around Europe for two years, go live your dreams. Yep. You do you. Do and I think that that never would have been a conversation in my house. And I think that more and more people are becoming in tune with that. You hear a lot more, you know, younger people having gap years, trying to figure out what they want. Some kids are not going to college. They're entrepreneurial based. They say, I can start, you know, the, the school of hard knocks. I can start a business and I'm going right. to do this. And many kids will probably start four or five businesses before it's all said and done. And that's before they're probably 25. That's great for them. And it's so cool to see that. But it's really a big shift. And I think. And it, when whether, your
0: kids, that was irresponsible. Oh, hundred percent. Backpacking around Europe was irresponsible. Yeah. Right. Doing anything just sure. Laissez faire just to be out there in your own thing, it was irresponsible. Yeah. You need to get a job right? You need to get a job. You need to be reliable, right? You need to go to work. You need to start a family, right? You're, you know, those
1: boxes, just keep ticking those boxes. Yeah. I think that's what is exciting to me about the younger generation who's going to be taking care of us in the very near future is that I'm not worried. Like I'm not concerned. There would have been a time when I would have been like, oh, these kids and their TikToks, these kids and all their social media screens, we're in a big heap of trouble. There's a lot of really brilliant people out there that are making great decisions right now. And they're going and guiding with their heart, and they're going to be able to take care of me when I'm in my uh, diapers. So I think that's pretty exciting. There, yeah.
0: You know, and the other thing is, is that we live in a different time. When we you and I were kids, if you showed, if you showed, say, from 24 to 26 without any work history, they would look at that bad. They would look 100%. at it really bad. You had a break in your work history today. You know, I mean, it's normal. Like you know, it's going from one job to another is normal. It's it's expected. It's it's accepted. It's not the it's not the issue that it that it used to be. That one time they wanted you to be in something, show you reliable, stay there for ten years. I remember, I remember hearing if you were anywhere for under five years, you were not considered reliable. True, you know, um, we, you know which was scary. So it's like, well, I better find something right now. I mean, it was all about this pressure: find something, get in there, stick with it, don't leave, don't don't be a job hopper.
1: That's true. All right, well, let's close out with this. And I just want to revisit goal setting just for a moment here. Let's talk about the time frame. Because I know time frame comes up a few times in this episode about when you're setting a goal, we usually attach a time frame to it. Like, I'm going to lose 50 pounds in six months, or I'm going to do this by X amount. Why is the time frame so vital to this process, whether pro or con in this well, because
0: process. the time frames allows us to break down the activities that are required for the goal in a regimental it's way. It's kind of like, like a metric. Yeah, yeah. How many, you know, how many days do I need to work on this? How many hours a day in order to hit it 30 days from now or six months from now? So we can measure if we're on track as we go and we can understand what we need to adjust or what we need to learn or what we need to fix as we're actually going through the process. So I think that's the reason for setting a time frame. And
1: if we don't hit the goal within that time frame, we don't, you said we never change the goal. We just adjust the time
0: frame.
1: It's not that you're a failure. It's not that you're being lazy. It's not that you, you know, you're worthless. Right. It's okay. I overshot it. I'm on the right track. I see that now. Let's push this a little forward. I think this is where like, and I hate to bring New Year's resolutions in on this because it's not goal setting a New Year's resolution. I guess on some level they could be considered similar, but it's like people, they say they're going to do something and then January 2nd rolls around and they stop doing it and immediately the the year's shot. So the 363 days we have left, I'm just going to, we'll, we'll try again next year. And if
0: why, you, and why are they waiting to New Year's to I set the wait, resolution? Exactly. Like if you know you want it now and it's August, it yes. why, like say, well, oh, you know what? I need to lose 50 pounds, but I'm going to wait till after <laughs> right. the holidays because you you don't fucking want to lose it to begin it's with. True. You want to be able to eat whatever you want. So at least just admit that and deal with that.
1: Yes, it's a hundred percent true. But it just makes me. It it, it it It's one of those things where you're going to set a goal and you're going to fail. Maybe you you don't you fail to hit that goal. Sure. It doesn't. It's not a a character flaw on no. your part. It's just you need to figure out, okay, let's extend the timeframe. Let's not change the goal. The goal is sound. I'm pretty solid with it, but let's adjust that time frame so that it'll continue to stretch me, but it'll work more as I continue to show positive right, progress. Exactly. I think that's great. Well, goal setting, I mean, whether you're choosing to press on with that or pack it in, I think this has been an <laughs> excellent episode though. Thanks for coming inside, David.
0: You bet.